Hello, everybody, and welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Sports Insider Podcast. And we have some huge news that came out earlier today. It is official. The Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy era with the Chicago Bears is officially over a couple hours ago. It was announced that the Bears will be firing both Pace and Nagy. Uh, So it is officially done. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are both out as the GM and head coach Pace will finish his career with a 48 and 65 record with the Bears. Nagy will finish with a 34 and 31 record with the Bears. Uh, Nagy's rest record uh, drops a little bit after the 31 to 17 loss the Bears suffered yesterday to the Vikings. Uh, but we're not really going to talk about that game as much because we have some some you know, big things to talk about in the uh, the front office here. So uh, Ted Phillips is also some big news here. He will not be losing his job. He will stay the team CEO. However, he will not be in charge of searching for a new GM and head coach. That job will go to George McCaskey. So George McCaskey will take over that role. And it is, uh, I'm just sort of blown away by the news here. Obviously, we expected Nagy, but Ryan Pace here, um, it was it was sort of expected that we were going to see him promoted. So we, we sort of figured we weren't going to see him as the general manager anymore, but we figured we were also going to see him promoted uh, within the Bears. So he'd become, um, <clears throat> he'd take on a different job role uh, in Chicago. But now we're not even going to see that. We're going to see him officially be fired by the Bears. And in, in my opinion, I was someone who was 50-50 on board with the idea of keeping pace as the GM. Obviously, there were some you know, bad moves here. He never figured out the quarterback position was the big thing. Um, no, Obviously, trading up for Mitchell Trubisky was a, a flop, and he has his, his time in Chicago has been defined by the Mitchell Trubisky saga, I feel like, because that was his plan. That was his guy. No, he saw, he saw Trubisky uh, more talented. He thought he was more talented than Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Passed on both of those guys, and Trubisky's no longer with the Bears. And the two guys he passed on are thriving. Um, and no, I'm not saying Justin Fields is not going to be good, but you know, after his rookie season, we're starting to see him. I, I feel like he's slowly starting to be you know, considered you know, a bust. And as the seasons go on, he'll be considered more and more of a bust. So he's never been able to figure out the quarterback position. He's made some good moves in the draft. You know, recently getting Darnell Mooney, who just passed 1,000 yards receiving this year. He looks like he's going to be the franchise receiver for a long time here. Um, you know, Travis Gibson, um, uh, James Daniels, they've had, a lot of, you know, they've had a lot of good drafting decisions. Then there are some other bad drafting decisions like uh, like Mitchell Trubisky, like Adam Shaheen, um, like Kevin White. So really, there was just a lot of, there was a lot of blunders, but there was also a lot of good things here. Um, but he just never figured out the quarterback position. I feel like that's really what played excuse me, what played into his downfall as uh, the Bears general manager. And then obviously Matt Nagy, we expected this. Uh, There was a very small chance we were going to see Nagy return to the Bears, which was expected. But uh, Nagy, you know, 2018 got off to a promising start. And unfortunately, things just never really materialized there. And I have to do do look at his quarterback situation. You know, the the fact he had Mitchell Trubisky um, his first year. And he Mitchell Trubisky looked good in 2018. Uh, but he was never really an elite quarterback. And maybe if you put Matt Nagy into a situation where he's an offensive coordinator with an elite quarterback, we could see him improve a lot more. Maybe, you know, he, he's just a, a coach who needs an elite quarterback 
to, to win games. Whatever that is, you know, you look at the quarterback position he was put into where, you know, he has a Mitchell Trubisky who doesn't really develop, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and now Justin Fields. You look at that situation, it's not the greatest, but at the same time, you have to, you know, think of how, how badly they were prepared for games, you know, how poorly the game plans always were. It just seems like the Bears were never ready for their opponent. Then you also have to take into account um, you know, the fact that you know, he never made adjustments. You know, perfect example of that Cleveland game. And in this season, Justin Fields' first career start, they went in the halftime and it seemed like they were trying to do the exact same thing they had just done in the first half, which was basically nothing. And he made no adjustments, it seemed, and the Bears got dominated. And that's been that was the big thing his whole career. Except for in 2018, for, for some reason, we saw these, these errors or these flaws masked by uh, Vic Fangio and a really good defense. So right now, I mean, Matt Nagy, yeah, he was, he was a bad coach. He deserved to be fired. Uh, and I'm not, really def- I'm not trying to defend his firing. I think we all needed this to happen. I think we all needed Matt Nagy to go. Uh, but the quarterback position he was put into was not great, and that was sort of generated by Ryan Pace there. But uh, that is that is the end of an era here in Chicago, the uh, the Pace and Nagy era. Now uh, there is an other some other options who have uh, officially come onto the market here. Uh, Brian Flores being the the big name. Uh, Brian Flores, the 2020 Coach of the Year. Um, you know he took the Dolphins from five and eleven to ten and six. They missed the playoffs, but they were an impressive team. And was shockingly was five today after the Dolphins missed the playoffs going nine and eight on the season. I was shocked. I think a lot of the NFL world was shocked, especially after how well he did in 2019 with with a pretty poor Dolphins team that was heading towards a rebuild that had traded away their their franchise offensive tackle and Laramie Tunsil had traded for Josh Rosen and had Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I think we sort of expected him to struggle and they did struggle, but he did a good job of kind of leading that team. And then 2020, you know, you know, he goes from Fitzpatrick to Tua, and Tua didn't have an outstanding rookie year in any way, but he still, you no, know, he still was serviceable. He was okay uh, in that Dolphins offense, but this season was a a complete flop for Tua, in my opinion. Besides for that that you no know, winning streak there, where you know they they looked good against some really bad teams, this season was pretty bad for Tua Tagovailoa. And I think that's really what sort of played into their decision to say, okay, maybe Brian Flores is not the guy with a young quarterback here. And I think with him on the market now, there's going to be a lot of teams who want to get him. You know, the Vikings fired their coach. Broncos fired Vic Fangio. So I think this would honestly, you know, he's going to be a hot commodity. He's probably going to be one of the hotter commodities on the uh, on the, the coaching search here in the NFL. And if the Bears were to get him, I'd honestly be really happy with that because I feel like he's an amazing leader who is, you know, who's going to be able to... Um, to uh, you know, get this team into a good situation. So I would be really happy with the Bears you know, possibly bringing in Flores or interviewing Flores, trying to make a push to bring him in. There's other options out there as well just today, or actually just recently, uh, the Bears requested to interview uh, Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier. And that's a, you know, I think that would be a nice find as well. Frazier's ran a pretty solid defense in, uh, in Buffalo for a couple years here. So I would be okay with that as well. But Brian Flores, I would love to see Brian Flores in Chicago. That would be a very nice pickup for the Bears. You know, they have their Harbaugh's and they have their Leftwich, their Byron Leftwiches. But I would be a huge fan of Brian Flores just because of the leadership he'd be able to bring. The only question would be with a young quarterback in Justin Fields, would he really be able to uh, continue to 
to, you know, coach at a strong level, I guess. Um, and, you know, you look at a lot of Tua's struggles. I wouldn't really blame them on Brian Flores. I blame, I blame them on Tua for not really not really being the most accurate of quarterbacks. Um, and, you no, know, it didn't really have a particularly great offensive line either till you no know, at the beginning of the year, their offensive line was very bad. So I wouldn't really say a lot of these this, these things were on um, were on Brian Flores at all. So that would make him a strong candidate, not just for the Bears, uh, but for everybody, I feel like. So Bears had some huge news today. Uh, hopefully we, we hear something soon about the, uh, the general manager search and the head coaching search, which starts today. Uh, now let's turn to some other news, some other, uh, some other news here. And uh, the Bulls last night were defeated by the Mavericks, 113 to 99, ending their winning streak at nine games officially. Uh, it was a tough game for the Bulls. Uh, they didn't really shoot particularly well in this one. Luka Doncic, they did actually hold him uh, to a pretty nice, no, pretty nice, um, nice defensive game in that first quarter. Io Desumu and um, and Kobe White both played some pretty strong defense on him, but or actually Lonzo Ball, I should say, played some strong defense on him. Um, and Doncic struggled in that first quarter. He went three for eleven the first in the uh, first half and really struggled. And the Bulls had a really nice job of uh, playing defense on him. Uh, then second half, he came out, finished the game with twenty-two points, fourteen rebounds, and fourteen assists, putting up a triple double. Um, so and the Bulls really just couldn't keep up with that. Uh, the offense they didn't play too bad at all, but the shooting definitely dried up a little bit, and that was a big concern among the winning streak. Is the shooting had been so good that it seemed as if it was almost um, it seemed as if it was almost like something you cannot you cannot um, no keep doing or you it was unsustainable is the word I'm trying to trying to find. No, it didn't seem sustainable. Um, especially when you're going against a team like Dallas, who has been playing some really good defense over these past couple games here, the last 10 games, they're allowing only 103 points per game, which is by far the best in the NBA. So, I mean, they're, they're doing very well. Um, and you know, going against a, going against a defensive team like that just didn't seem sustainable. And it, it clearly wasn't in this one. So, uh, Bulls get a tough loss here. Zach Levine with 20, DeMar DeRozan with 20, but the bench sort of struggled again. Kobe White, 13. I would assume it was six. Troy Brown with three. Um, and then the rest of the bench, no, not really doing much either, but hopefully the Bulls are uh, going to be able to get back on the, uh, the winning streak here when they take on the Pistons tomorrow at seven o'clock in the United Center, uh, Pistons right now on the season, currently sitting in, in uh, 14th place in the Eastern conference right now, sitting at eight and 30 on the season. Um, not much to be happy about if you're a Pistons fan besides for Cade Cunningham. Uh, so I don't really think the Bulls are going to have too many issues with this one. Um, we saw them early in the year sort of struggle against the, the Pistons. That was in you know, very early in the year when they were still getting the chemistry together. I think if, you know, if they're able to get their shooting touch back here, then I don't really think they're going to have too much of an issue uh, beating the Pistons in this one. And now let's turn to the Blackhawks. Uh, we'll be taking on the Blue Jackets tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Uh, Hawks coming off of a victory over the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. Uh, big victory for the Hawks, ending their losing streak. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, in his return to uh, to Vegas, where he spent four years of his career, uh, had a one goal, had a, uh, a one goal against Knight, 31, or, uh, 30 saves on 31 shots in this one. Uh, goals in this one scored by Judar Kara and Riley Stillman, two, uns- uh, two guys you don't really expect to uh, get goals in this one score um 
Assists were made by by Ryan Carpenter, Patrick Kane, uh, and Dylan Strome. So uh, Hawks need a nice win in Vegas. Snapped their losing streak here. Hopefully they're going to be able to take on the Blue Jackets, who have uh, also been struggling a good, a good amount here. Uh, and they'll be able to uh, to play pretty well against them. Uh, Hawks now sit at 12, 18, and 5 in, on the season. They are currently sitting in second to last in the Central Division. And uh, before we go, I want to talk about the Bears a little bit more and their game on Sunday against the Vikings. So the Bears and the season sitting at six and 11 on the year Vikings now in the year going eight and nine uh Andy Dalton this one 33 for 48 passing with 325 yards and a touchdown as well as two interceptions however Dalton have been looking good before the fourth quarter I want to say is where we sort of saw the team uh saw the team sort of take a step back here and Dalton in particular took that step back um you know, we saw Dalton throw a pick six to Patrick Peterson. Then we saw another interception, uh, and it just kept kind of going from there. Uh, Dave Montgomery really couldn't get a lot of room. Seventy-two carries on uh, seventy-two yards on twenty carries in this one. However, a bright spot: Darno Mooney, twelve receptions for one hundred twenty-two, uh, one hundred twenty-six yards. Like I said, uh, breaks the one thousand yard receiving uh, receiving record or one thousand yard receiving uh, milestone uh, this season, which is a huge thing, which is a huge sign for the future. Uh, for uh, for Darnell Mooney in this one. But the defense didn't play that great. Um, early in the game, they did. Later, they struggled. Eddie Jackson um, struggled against Justin Jefferson. We saw that one, the one touchdown Jefferson had where, I mean, Jackson didn't even try to make a play on the ball. It was like he just sort of gave up on the play. And uh, uh, maybe that was just him him just trying to be done with the game or trying to finish the game up because he's simply done with this season. I don't know what that was, but uh, we need a lot more effort next year from A. Jackson. This was a uh, really tough game for Jackson, which uh, basically sums up a pretty bad season for Eddie Jackson. But uh, that's really going to do it for uh, this for uh, today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow.